Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out-of-this-world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Oh, welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. And if you're listening to this today, you're probably somebody with a uterus or you're mm -hmm. in a relationship with somebody with a uterus and you're hoping to get some answers and solutions to what's going on with all this pain, this endometriosis that's going on in either your body or your friend lover's body. Who knows who these people are that you're interested in helping? Could be you, could be somebody else. So let's start with the understanding what, of what is endometriosis. So endometriosis is actually defined as a disease where tissue similar to the lining of the uterus grows outside the uterus, tends to cause a lot of pain, and it can actually lead to infertility. It's really, really common, which is a fascinating, um, a fascinating thing about how common it is, is when I looked at some stats on endometriosis and how often it occurs, it's about 10% of all bodies with uteruses um, in the age and stage that is uh, like um, menstrual or postmenstrual. So, you know, 10%, where have you heard those stats before? So when I was looking at that, I thought, well, that's a really interesting stat because I've heard those stats before and maybe the stats have changed recently, but I've heard those stats when it comes to women and also um, violence to their bodies, whether it's rape, sexual, sexual assault of any kind, abuse, um, that sort of thing. That is also considered 10%. Now, my question is, are a lot of women not reporting that they have endo situations? Do they just say, I'm just having PMS? Or is there also a possibility that a lot of women are also not reporting or bodies, bodies with uteruses are not reporting that, or bodies with uteruses are not reporting sexual assaults. The numbers could be a heck of a lot higher. We don't know for sure, but these 10% are kind of uh, fascinating, I think. So, and, and where this is, like in terms of people in the world, uh, it's kind of interesting. I think there, when you look culturally across the world where this occurs more. We have a lot of people in North America with endometriosis and, and in Europe as well. Uh, I don't really know the stats on some of the other countries, but then again, the stats might not be there because diets are different. And I'm not saying that diet is 100% of the cause of endometriosis, but I do know that it has an impact that when you change your diet and you add some different things nutritionally to your life, that it can alleviate a lot of the pain from endo. So if endometriosis is causing you massive pain, um, if you've basically been told you have endometriosis and then you went, oh, I'm gonna have pain for the rest of my life, 
Um, everything I'm reading says you can't cure it. Everything that I'm reading says it can cause infertility, yada, yada, yada. What if that is just one perspective? And what if we are way more magical than we ever considered? So looking at some of the conditions of endometriosis, I think our numbers on endometriosis could be a heck of a lot higher than what is stated. Uh, because a lot of people that I work with have at least one or more of these conditions going on in their bodies. So here's a list of some of the signs that signs and symptoms that seem to get worse around uh, menstruation, which can be pelvic pain, increased pain during periods, and of course, during intercourse, um, which can be like vulvodynia as well, which is a little different. It's not always the same. You can have vulvodynia and not have endo. You can have endo and not have vulvodynia. It's hard to say, it's, they're not one in the same. So um, you could also have pain with bowel movements or urination. You could have heavy periods or bleeding between periods. You could have a lot of fatigue, diarrhea, bloating, constipation, low back pain, intense cramping. Hmm. If you're listening to this and you happen to have a uterus and you happen to have endo in your uterus, or you don't even know you had endo in your uterus. I'm just wondering, do you identify with any of these? I'm thinking the chances are pretty high that pretty much um, many of you listening will go, oh my God, I have all of these. I have these symptoms. Holy cow, this is crazy. That's a lot of different um, symptoms that you could have or different things to help you identify that you have endo. Now, technically you can't actually say you have endometriosis until you've gone to a gynecologist. They've checked you, they, um, they actually would do like a, um, they have to, they have their tests where they can find out if you have endo. So we're going to look at, um, you know, some of the different things in this show we're going to be looking at are what we need to do to change this. Like who wants this pain? We don't need this pain all the time. And so we're going to look at that, you know, what can we do nutritionally? What can we do physically? What can we do mentally, spiritually to change these things? Because there's a lot of things that can change. If you were part, if you happen to be part of my uh, PMS and menopause course, uh, I think you would have gotten a lot of this information. And if you haven't been part of my PMS and menopause course, head on over to my website, melitzajelinek.com. And in there under classes, you're going to find a list of the four classes that I've got. And um, the one is called menstruation and menopause with ease. I have a lot of information in there that will help also with this, um, with endometriosis. And one of the things in there that I add to every, every aspect of the classes is that there is, um, there's physical things. And I, I do some demonstrations and I did this class with my mom as well. And uh, we did some demonstrations of different stretches you can do that can really create a lot of ease in some of the leg cramping, the lower back pain, the opening also up the hips and to give some relief where it feels like you might have uh, like massive congestion going on from like maybe your lower back right down to your knees. It can just sometimes feel like 500 pounds of weight got kicked in there. So I know this, I've experienced a lot of these symptoms of endometriosis. I've been to gynecologists many times and I've never actually been diagnosed with endo, 
but I do have a lot of symptoms. So I have looked for solutions to all of these. And um, there's a lot of different things that I found have helped uh, over the years and then they continue to help and then they can add more things that can assist to uh, ease the situation. So I have a little cough in my throat there for a second, sorry about that. So um, one of the things I thought was really fascinating about some research that was done is one of this one study showed that um, there were 207 women that were involved in an endometriosis study and 75% of them had decrease in pain after just eliminating gluten from their diet. That's huge. So if you're not sure what a gluten-free diet looks like, there are many, many, many books out there. It's become a hot topic in the last 20 years. If we had talked about gluten-free 20 years ago, people would have had a much harder time finding foods that were gluten-free. Um, there were some companies uh, in Canada, like making Ezekiel bread that was uh, sprouted grain gluten-free. Huge fan of the sprouted grains as a substitute because we do need carbohydrates in our diet. And if you want to argue with me on that, go right the freak ahead. We can get into why we need them. <laughs> I could do an entire show on why we need carbohydrates, but I'm not going to. That's not what this is about. But we need certain kinds of carbohydrates. We don't need processed, uh, overly processed carbohydrates. So, all right. So we are going to start with in this segment all about the nutrition, because I think it's really come up into in, a lot of people's faces and it might uh, tap into the next segment as well. One of the things that I'd like to first talk about are all the things we need to avoid uh, food-wise. So, you know, there are a lot of things uh, we will talk about about what we need to add as well, but avoiding things like, for example, cutting down on things like red meats because body just has a hard time processing those proteins. If you don't have enough enzymes in your body to break down um, the proteins, like if you don't have enough protease, then all of that stuff sits inside your body. Now, here's a really, really weird um, truth about bodies is that if you have a uterus, your uterus is part of a cleanout system in your body. So while you're, while you shed and while you have uh, menstruation or menstrual cycles, your body uses your menstruation as a way to clean out your junk. So if you have really intense, really long, really heavy uh, periods, your body is assisting you. It's actually doing a cleanse for you. So if you want to lighten those things up, changing the food that you eat so that your body doesn't have to clean all that out can be incredibly helpful. I know this works because I've actually done it for myself. And then I get off track because I'm not perfect. Um, so I've done, uh, you know, sprints in my life where I'm eating like super clean food, uh, nothing processed, sprouted grains, veggies, oils, all the good stuff. And uh, I'm like, in those times, I'm living like a miraculous life. And then sometimes I get off track and it goes off track for a while. Um, but right now I'm in one of those modes in the last few months where I've been super on track. So I've been definitely paying more attention to the things I'm eating and I'm taking a lot of things to help my body clean out. So definitely the gluten-free is super helpful in that the gluten is not, um, it's not a molecule that a lot of bodies can actually process. 
So what it does is it kind of just sits in your body as a thing that is going to uh, not be digested, metabolized, broken apart. So what's it going to do? Your body during your menstrual cycle is going to need to clean it out. So just like the red meats and just like the gluten and so many other things, it's going to say, we got to clean this out. And then it comes out if you're lucky, it'll come out through your cycle. And if you're not so lucky, it will sit in there uh, and likely, and I can't say for sure, but it's my hypothesis that it likely contributes to increasing the lining that is similar to the uterine, uterine lining that is what is endometriosis. So I know a lot of women who have had their uteruses removed due to endometriosis, the pain was too much. They didn't also, um, some of them, uh, were never my clients. They were just people I knew. So I didn't get a chance to work with them on changing that. But yeah, two, two really strong ones to break down uh, that are really hard for the body to break down are red meats. And of course the gluten. So also anything processed, but we'll get into that more as well. So when some of the things that you might you not even really consider that need to be cut down on, are things like uh, caffeine and alcohol. Alcohol mostly because of the, the sugar content and caffeine because of the reaction that it has in your body and what it does to the sugar content of your body. So alcohol, uh, sorry, caffeine is a really interesting thing. Um, I've read some research on caffeine and that uh, one cup of coffee, so an eight ounce coffee uh, contains 120 milligrams on average of caffeine which if we didn't have adrenal glands would be enough caffeine to stop your heart. But because we have adrenal glands, they kick in um, sending off adrenaline so that your body starts to burn off uh, some of that. So it doesn't kill your heart. Now you want to be careful with these uh, caffeine things because people become highly addictive and they don't know what to do or how to react without caffeine. So caffeine is one of those highly addictive things it can be hard to come off of completely so cutting down can be helpful cutting down in this way I find is more helpful than so say you have a cup of coffee a day instead of going down to half a cup of coffee a day I would do a cup of coffee every three days because the effects of the caffeine um, and the way that it actually pulls the glucose out of the body it affects your sugars your body sugars the way that it does that, and then your body goes into craziness. So the way that it does that is that it stays in your body for three days. So if you're going to reduce it, do one coffee every three days. But if you're drinking two coffees a day, go down to one first, and then go down to one every three days. So that's what we're going to start with on in terms of our nutrition for anybody who is having endometriosis. Um, there are reasons for that, because when your body is that high, it can't actually digest or metabolize foods. And then that lack of ability to digest and metabolize foods is going to do what? It's going to sit in and around the uterus if the uterus isn't able to actually shed that out. So it gets really clogged. It's like a giant clogged up system. How funky. And then smells can happen because that tissue can start to get funkified. So yes, if you're having a funky smelling, funky smelling, uh, groin area, then chances are you need to get that checked out for sure. Ask your doctor, your gynecologist, if you have any evidence of endometriosis. And if you do, and they don't have any solutions for you, definitely connect with me because 
I have lots of programs available and different things that can be done to assist you with endo. So that would be the thing to do. So we're going to talk about more after this break, about what foods to eat. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. So the conversation today is all about endometriosis and what we can do to assist on clearing that and getting um, that all worked out of the body, or at least to the point where it's very minimal so that it's not affecting your life and it's not affecting your pleasure. I get that if you're walking around uh, every day of your life and you're having low level cramping and pain and also maybe living in the fear of when you get your period that you're going to be knocked out it can really affect your life i know when i was like a teenager even i was i was having a fear it was so bizarre i had a fear of my future because i thought if you know here i am at 17 that if i or even when i was 12 when i first got my period i thought if i'm having this much pain and I can stay home from school, I'm really lucky, but whatever happens if I get a job? My periods were not predictable, they were not steady, I couldn't time them, they could be anywhere from like 21 days to 42 days, I never knew when it was gonna happen. I literally lived in fear for years of when my period was gonna show up, if it could just show up in the middle of the day, if it could you know, show up at school, I wouldn't know, I'd have no warning, and then the cramps would kick in and I would be not functional. So it was like pretty freaking bad. And I have to say that 
whatever was going on uh, uterine-wise for me too also led to like a very big lack of sensation and feeling uh, in the vagina during sex as well. So these things all work together. Now, how and why do they all work together? Now, we could have had possibly, now check, check this for yourself, but did you possibly have a lot of judgment or, of yourself uh, about your sexuality? Did people project that onto you as a child? I was like a highly sexual child. So uh, at the age of like four, I was masturbating and I didn't know that that was weird or strange or very young for that. And when on occasion I got caught, I would get really weird conversations like that's not right don't do that and whatever and I was like why I don't understand why um so there was a lot of judgment being projected at me and and over time I uh, made it really wrong and it wasn't like I was running around naked masturbating in front of everybody it was like people were walking in on my privacy so dude don't walk in on my privacy but <laughs> It, it did lead to a lot of internalized um, self-hatred, self-judgment, uh, judgment of my, uh, my own feelings and my own um, understanding of myself as a sexual being. I didn't even know how the words for that being as a sexual being, but I did know that there was a lot of shame. So shame, um, shame is like a really big teaching lesson in my, on my European side of my family, my Serbian side, they use shame for everything. That's one of their key uh, key teaching tools is like, if we shame you, maybe you'll learn. Um, by the way, family, if you're listening, it doesn't work. So stop doing that to anybody and everybody in the family. <laughs> we can do it different. It's not necessary. All right, cool. And if you are in a family or if you use shame as a way to teach, there's better ways. This, it's not functional, it's damaging. And um, yeah, if I could get money for all the therapy that I needed for all the damage that was caused. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on therapy just to be able to function as a person in the world. Um, wouldn't it be great if, you know, the people who damaged you actually had to pay for all of that? Ugh, would be great, but they never do. Um, it'd be interesting if we lived in a time that they do. So have you judged your body? Um, have you judged your sexuality? Have you judged what you like or don't like? Do you have a conflict in yourself about how you feel about your genitals? Do you feel like your genitals are ugly? Do you have a conflict even in your uterus, for example, with um, what it means to you to be, say, um, to identify as uh, a woman or a body with a uterus? Do you have a resistance to that? Do you have any resistance to uh, the idea of what a uterus means, like motherhood, you know, uteruses are required to hold a baby. So we could have a lot of underlying thoughts that come in with the uterus uh, where, you know, you could have, uh, we could have them, you know, just check it out for you. Do you have a conflict with uh, an ongoing conflict with mothering or motherhood? I'm not sure, maybe you do. So I haven't done a massive study on people with endometriosis and what their past history is and what their healing is. And I haven't done that, but that would be a great study for somebody to do who is looking at uh, all things endometriosis and you're looking to do a master's degree, go out, take that one <laughs> and let me know the results. I'd love to hear it. 
uh, unless I choose to go and get my master's degree, I haven't chosen to do that yet. But I do feel like there's an absolutely, there is a connection between the emotion and the physical. And I know there's a doctor in Germany who's no longer alive. His name Dr. was Dr. Hammer, and he did massive amounts of research on bodies and um, the emotional conflicts that they have like that are continuing to uh, run in their bodies and that once they begin to resolve their conflicts that their body begins to heal so he did all of that he did research and he looked at brain scans and you could see correlations he was put on trial and he won his trial so he was allowed to continue to practice i believe anyway he died about four or five years ago or maybe 2015 he died a while ago so an amazing, amazing person with lots of great information. And I do think that that information would support my theory that endometriosis could actually be as a result of uh, an emotional conflict or a conflict of sorts that hasn't been resolved in your life yet. So something to consider. And uh, it's fascinating work. So you can look up the work. It's called Germanic New Medicine, um, if that's something that fascinates you. And there are practitioners around the world who do that. Uh, I would recommend uh, that you do a lot of research on those practitioners before you move ahead and uh, utilize any of them for resolving your conflicts. So, all right, good stuff. I know this went off a little off track there for a second. I talked a little bit about the emotional because you know what? They all, to me, they they go in this cycle, right? Sometimes we're emotional eaters too. I know I can be an emotional eater where I might crave um, things like sweets. Well, those processed foods are also what contributes to more cramping and more pain for endo. So if, you know, the emotions are involved and we got to look at the whole picture, the emotions, the physical body, the nutrition, all of these things that are interacting the spiritualness of it, like how do you feel about your spirit, yourself, how, how healed are you, are you healing, are you on a healing path even, you might not be, this might have just come across your field and it's the first time you've ever even considered that endometriosis could be having uh, an emotional component to it too, so does it have a spiritual component to it, it absolutely might, um, but we don't know. We have no proof of this, right? Speculation again, just reiterating, this is all speculation on my point part and hypothesizing that what if uh, some of the endo stuff, endometriosis stuff, has to do with many lifetimes that your body has had, maybe self-protecting from violence, maybe self-protecting from being a woman. Like how many lifetimes did you have as a woman where or as a person body with a uterus did you have where where you were vi like violated or tortured or killed just because you had a uterus so there might be many so if that's the case you might be unconsciously running some of those past life programs in your body that would have you go maybe i need to get rid of this uterus it could be totally unconscious and how do you get rid of the uterus? Well, if you have really bad endo, they're going to remove it. You know, the doctors will remove it for you if you ask them to. And or we can heal these things. So just for fun, just in case, if you have had any lifetimes where you had a conflict regarding your uterus and whether it had to do with abuse, violence, a rejection of self, rejection of womanhood, any of those other things, and anything I might not have mentioned, can we just ask for that energy to transmute? 
and transmute in your body and ask your body to receive the transmuting energy to allow that energy to go from conflict to ease. And just let your body breathe that in. It's just gonna breathe in ease, it's gonna breathe in lightness, it's gonna bring in space. So as much as it seems crazy, like some energy just went whoo, spinning out like a bit of a, can't even think right now, we've got a bit of a vortex happening. So if you're feeling that, cool. <laughs> cool, maybe we're clearing some things on that front because it, it could be many, many, many lifetimes we're holding on to all of those things. And I don't want to deny that that's possible. And if you think I'm wacko for talking other lifetimes, that's cool. Um, I probably am wacko, but I don't know. For me, it resonates. So if it resonates, choose it. If it doesn't resonate for you, don't choose it. It's that simple. So I want to just reiterate some of the things. Some really quickly want to reiterate some things that are we want to eat. And I'm sorry that I keep going off track because the stories and things are jumping in my head because the energy is like really up and up there for me right now. I want you to do a few things to uh, add to your diet. So one of the things to add, add to your diet is omega-3 acids, omega-3 fatty acids. So where do you get those? Mostly you can get them in flax, but one of the best sources is something called borage oil. And borage oil is not that easy to find. My mom and I were on the hunt for borage oil for months. We found it from one source, but we haven't found like a big bottle of borage oil. If you know how to get a big bottle of borage oil, let us know. We'd be totally interested in getting a giant bottle of borage oil. It is one of the highest contents of omega fatty acids. You want to avoid trans fats. So trans fats are anytime you could get um, a really, uh, so even a good olive oil that's like a cold pressed olive oil and you stick it in the oven, it goes from cold pressed to trans fat just because of the heat that is involved. So you can use something like an, uh, an olive oil that is cold pressed. And I encourage you to get all of your oils uh, as cold pressed. So borage oil as a cold pressed oil or flaxseed oil as a as a cold pressed oil because they have higher uh, nutritional value and they're gonna work a lot better in your body and they won't have any trans fat components to them. So we'll talk a little bit more about food, jumping back in and back and forth with emotion, I suppose, and back in and forth with physical stuff. Now, you like to usually be more organized than this, but the information is not coming out or so organized. So I apologize for that. I hope you guys are following with ease and you're finding this interesting because I am, <clears throat> I'm, I'm in a story land today. So you're listening to the Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza. Every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we are talking all about whether or not endometriosis has been stopping you from having pleasure. Now, there's a lot of reasons why it would be stopping you from having pleasure because walking around with pain all the time would definitely contribute to having issues with pleasure. Now, it's not that you might have pain all the time, but it would be more consistent that you would have pain regularly. <clears throat> so one of the things we were talking about in the first few segments was a little bit of the emotional components, a little bit of the dietary slash nutritional components. And I want you to just uh, share with you a few more tips on uh, the food front. So definitely eating more things that uh, like fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. I would, I would modify the whole grains actually to sprouted whole grains because they have more nutritional value and they have something that's called metabolic waters in them and metabolic waters break down in your body in a whole different way that actually give your body more hydration and they also yeah it's it's a and how do you find those you can look on packages of breads and different grains and they'll actually say sprouted whole grains and you can get grains and you can sprout them yourself you don't have to wait 10 days for them to actually turn into a sprout. You put them in water overnight and they begin to sprout. That's even just as good. You want to use water that's like super clean. So, so um, what is that water called? It's like, a, it's not just filtered, but it's, um, anyway, if I remember what it's called, you usually have to buy it unless you have uh, distilled. That's what it's called, distilled water. So just hopefully yes that's the correct one and um so yeah using that can be super helpful as well so remembering to get so here's something about um just before break i was mentioning omega fatty acids and here's something to remember about uh omega fatty acids and oils because our bodies do need oils 
<clears throat> and the omega fatty acid type oils like uh, I was mentioning like flaxseed oil, bodies can do really well, especially with things like constipation and just feeling more hydrated and feeling more alive and even improves like your skin and your hair as well, is to have for every 50 pounds you weigh, have a tablespoon of oils in the day. So I like to get my sprouted grain breads and dip them in <clears throat> like flaxseed oil. I love it. Uh, also, I'll, I'll sometimes just pour it onto my veggies like a salad. And so I'll have the raw oils on salad. So you can absolutely use them in different ways. Uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, flaxseed oil, some lemon, and you're making your own, um, you're basically making your own salad dressing <clears throat> and it tastes great and your body's going to love you for it. Unless, of course, you're allergic to lemons or flaxseed. So then there are other high omega fatty acids that you can take as well. I recommend more doing the ones that are from uh, seeds or that are like plant-based because the body will have a much easier time breaking that down. So a lot of women with endo usually are, <clears throat> they usually start out as pretty uh, heavy duty meat eaters, but the more they move into a vegetarian or even plant fully plant-based diet, their bodies will start to uh, have less and less and less pain. But one of the things that people forget to do is have the proper whole grains, like the ones that are spreaded grains, and they also forget often to have fats for some reason. So you need your omega fatty acids, you need your fibers, you need, there's, there are basically six main things that your body needs to eat and proteins are one of them as well. And you can get your proteins from uh, spreaded nuts actually. So you can put things like walnuts into water overnight or almonds are really great. Um, if you put them into distilled water overnight, you can do like three ounces in water overnight. I usually do like a cup full and then it lasts me a couple days and then sprout them up. Um, almonds taste really different when you've sprouted them. So you put them in water for over 12 hours, you sprout them, they taste completely different. So if you normally don't like almonds, they need to be raw almonds, by the way, not roasted toasted almonds, that changes their um, quality. Although I love a good roasted toasted salted nut myself, but um, the different qualities, different things for your body. So why are we doing this? We're trying to get all the, the, the foods in your body that are gonna allow your body to have really high enzymes, really high nutrition, really high minerals and vitamins so that your body doesn't crave things like the, the sugars that are processed and doesn't crave the processed breads and doesn't crave all this other processed stuff because when you're craving all these processed things, it's generally because you're missing or lacking some kind of mineral, vitamin, oil uh, in your body, especially if you're craving fried food, you're probably lacking uh, the happy oils in your body. So you want to get those in. So on the emotional front, I did mention earlier about some things about questioning whether you have some conflicts that have been in your life, you know, whether you've had abuses or anything like that that have gone on. And it's important to honor that and heal that in whatever way you can. So one of, I think, the most easy and interesting ways to heal it is to do some mind work around it. So, you know, there's lots of people who do things like NLP or EFT, which is the tapping technique. NLP is neuro-linguistics programming. So there are different brain training techniques that you can use, like Enneagram as well, I think, is a brain training technique. And, um, and or you can do something really simple that uh, I learned from a course that I recently was in. 
and it goes a little something like this. It is an affirmation that switches your brain thoughts. So the affirmation goes, now that I am healed equals, and then you fill in the blank. So whatever it is that you thought endo was holding you back from, now that I'm healed equals. So when I was 17, like I mentioned, it was mostly 17, I started thinking about career and like, what am I going to do for a job? How can I possibly work if I have to take time off and blah, 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 blah. And I would just push through the pain and go to work most of the time. But sometimes I was so debilitated, I couldn't. <clears throat> so, so what, you know, what did I, what did um, I was, you know, what was I looking for? If I had been healed, I would have been able to go to work. And I would have not only been able to go to work, I would have been able to really enjoy going to work. And uh, I probably would have sought out more things that were more challenging, maybe even more, um, I might have even taken more risks, like I might have traveled more, but I was so afraid of the pain that I could be in some other country and just like end up in pain because every freaking time I did travel, I would end up having, if I was gone for a week, I'd have three days where I was in bed having my period because it would just show up. It was guaranteed to show up. You know, I might have my period for a week, but I was in bed for three days. So what a, that would be so, that was just so annoying to me that I was like wasting my holidays. <clears throat> so now that I am healed equals travel. Now that I am healed equals career. So what does it equal for you? Because there is something that, you know, it's holding you back. Now that I'm healed equals lovers. Now that I'm healed equals great sex. What is it equal to you? It's going to actually allow your body to step in to know what it is you're looking for. Because right now, all we know is the limitations. We're like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh my God, I can't do that. Because what if I end up in bed? Like, what if I have to go to the hospital? I'm bleeding so much. What if I am in so much pain that I can't function? And I don't have anybody to help me right? Whew, the tailwind, the whirlwind of craziness that happens. So now that I am healed, now that I'm healed, now that my body is healed, now that my mind is healed equals, yeah, so if it's something going on mentally, emotionally, physically, but now that my body is healed, or now that I am healed equals, I travel everywhere. Now that I am healed equals my school of pleasure uh, is accelerated and started and whatever, like whatever it is for you, there's so much that can show up. And it's an interesting thing because that fear, if you really check in your body, all that fear of, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. Where is it sitting? Honestly, for me, it's been sitting in my uterus forever so there's fear in there about moving forward like I can move forward because this and this could you know fear in the uterus now there's amazing work that is out in the world called uh, sexual somatic body work this is amazing work it can assist with releasing so much of the stuff that's been just hanging out in your vagina and your uterus and it can release on so many levels. So if you're looking for some really cool stuff to do, somatic body work like I do, it's also great. 
but sexual somatic body work, which uh, I don't know if we have too many practitioners in Canada, but I know in California there are practitioners. It's not legal in every state to be a sexual somatic body worker, so you might have to travel. And I don't know where it is legal in all the countries in the world, but amazing work. I highly encourage you to check it out because it can be a lifesaver for you. So now that I am healed equals what has been holding you back? How has endometriosis endometriosis been holding you back? And, you know, are you looking forward? Are you even willing to allow yourself to look forward to something? Are you even considering that at some point in your life, you could have a different reality with this situation? Yeah, so I'd love for you to be able to have a different reality with this. And I'm hoping that you feel that too. So now that I am healed equals is a really simple statement that you can use for yourself. And you know me in the work of Byron Katie as well. I love that work too. Is is it true? Like you can just sit with that. Like when you're going through stuff like, oh my God, I'm gonna have endometriosis for the rest of my life. That's probably a thought that comes up. Is it true that you're gonna have this for the rest of your life? Where's the proof? Without that thought, who would you be? How would you feel? And then turn it around. Turning it around could be the now that I am healed equals. That's an excellent turnaround. Awesome. So uh, we're going to head to our next commercial. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we're talking about, is it possible to actually have pleasure if you have endometriosis? Like, is endometriosis killing your pleasure? And it might be. So why is that? Because, you know, endometriosis is causing a lot of pain. It's that extra thickening of the exterior part of the uterus it's like it's like this lining that's just growing and growing and when you think about where your uterus is located as that grows it can actually start to get into and start to grow into other organs and you can feel tugs and pulls and I've actually had people describe to me that it's like when they move they can feel like the where the endometriosis is that it starts to pull away um, and almost like tear from other parts that it's grown into. And at first that could be highly uncomfortable, but if you are somebody who 
is into movement, um, doing things like yoga and stretches to open the hips, to um, stretch your abdomen, to strengthen your abdomen, to also open, you know, and stretch all the psoas muscles as well. Like all of that is super helpful in getting your, um, and getting to feel less congestion all down in like your lower chakras. So your lower chakras are connected to different body parts, like your lower chakras are, you know, if, if you really want to get specific, the root chakra is like your perineum and your sacral chakra is your sacrum, but also all your reproductive organs. So there, that's that whole area that gets affected during, um, during, endometriosis or attacks uh, of endometriosis. I'll call them attacks of endometriosis. I don't know if that's actually what they're called, but uh, like an attack of endometriosis during your menstruation, even where, you know, your digestion can get off and you just feel like, like nothing feels good. Well, getting your body cleaned out prior to that is a fantastic idea. Remembering to add things like fibrous uh, foods, like vegetables, fruits, legumes, uh, and especially the sprouted whole grains, and also getting really iron-rich foods, super high in iron. Uh, so leafy greens, broccoli, um, different grains and nuts and seeds, and also foods that uh, are rich in fatty acids, like um, if you are going to eat an animal-based diet, then something like salmon would be, but you want like salmon that's wild. Yeah, you don't want farm-fed salmon. You want wild salmon. You want, if you're going to eat your fish, have it farm, uh, not farm-fed. You want wild salmon. Um, although you don't always know the, re the sources of where they live, they are generally going to be healthier, less fat, but still fatty, generally healthier. Anyway, I shouldn't say that because my uncle used to own a fish farm in Europe. But anyway, that was his livelihood. So there you go. So also uh, super high antioxidant rich foods like vegetables, uh, oranges, you know, even dark chocolate. Uh, if you really crave chocolate, have the super dark 90% cocoa or more. Spinach, beets, all of that stuff. So, so you'll find probably the more that you eat that, the happier your body is uh, anyway, because you're just having all the different minerals, vitamins, um, and different things your body's body needs, like the oils, the fats, the all the fiber, proteins as well. So... Oh, yeah. If you want to do, um, some people also like having some uh, vitamins, daily vitamins, and some of the vitamins that can help are vitamin E uh, and vitamin C. Now, some of the standards say take a thousand IUs daily, but that's not really accurate in terms of um, depending on who, what company is making your vitamins and um, what their vitamin values are. I recently started taking some vitamins from a company called Tranort. Um, I'm not in their MLM company. It is an MLM company, but I bought this from a friend. And I have to say their vitamin C is really good. And they also have a vitamin E that is really good. It's, it is from a natural source where a lot of vitamin E's are, are not um, from a natural source. So, you know, having really good high quality vitamins, if you're gonna invest in vitamins, invest in high quality good ones. So you got the vitamin E, we got the vitamin C, and also taking vitamins like vitamin, like zinc and vitamin A, um, they decrease things like uh, the peripheral oxidative stress markers, and they enhance antioxidant markers. There's something to remember about vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin A. 
They're part of the DEEK vitamins. So DEA and K all need to be taken with fats. So if you take those vitamins with your food, the other ones not, aren't so much to worry about, but the DEEK vitamins you wanna take with your foods, um, especially foods that have fats in them because they're fat soluble. Uh, cumin as well, curcumin um, is one. Also turmeric, um, turmeric is great. They have, turmeric has great um, anti-inflammatories as well. I'm big on turmeric because it also cleans the liver and a lot of times some of the stress from digestion uh, can be eased up by having your liver function better. So these things all, all work together. If, you're, if your uterus can shed properly and it can actually clean out, that's great, but you need all of these other things to help break down the food. So you need all of the enzymes that come from your liver and your pancreas and all that to break down your foods properly so that when it gets going and moving through your body, your body doesn't have as much stress to, uh, to get rid of it. And so you don't have to have the buildup happening. So also doing some really simple things. We kind of talked about some things like some alternative therapies, like sexual somatic body work is great. Somatic body work in general um, is great for all things endo. I've worked with many, many bodies with uteruses that have endo and they get immense relief during um, a session, especially if it's right during their periods and they're experiencing pain, they can notice relief within the hour of the session. So also things like massage, um, acupuncture, those are all great. They've been proven methods to help a lot with the pain. And of course, meditation and yoga, stretching of all kinds. So yoga, Pilates, all of it are great. Um, if none of those appeal to you, I also have my program for menopause and menstruation with ease. And it does include uh, a lot of information that would be helpful for endometriosis as well. And we have a bunch of stretches that we show in that as well. We, as in me and my mom, <laughs> created that program together. And I have that on my website at melitsajelenic.com. So M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. And it is a great, easy to follow course that's already up. You can listen in your own free time, in your own way, and um, you can just do it when you feel like it. I think it's about $47 US to take that class. There are three separate, three or four separate parts to that class. So you can learn all about what's causing pain, how to relieve it. Um, and of course, you know, this is the pleasure zone. Having some great fun with sex. If your uterus hurts, then finding other ways that you can have and connect with your lover through things like Corexa, which we talked about before, that doesn't necessarily involve penetration, but lots of touch, lots of love, lots of looking after the bodies. So stay tuned uh, and turn on until next week when we have How to Thank you for manage. listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.